It's great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance. We thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come and to worship our God. For who could be too busy for God, right? It's good to see you, both those online and those who are present today. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done and for all that you do. We we hallow your name, Lord God, for it is separate. We ask, Lord God, that you will bless us through this worship, that all things that are said and done are pleasing and acceptable in your sight and in spirit and in truth. We pray, Lord God, that you help us never to forget Jesus, your great Son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your care. In Jesus' name we pray be that will. Amen. This morning, John chapter 17, transcend the task that God has given to mankind, his people, his children, to follow the commands of God and to live as lights in the midst of darkness, to live as sheep in the midst of wolves, and as sheep to honor God and God alone. Verse 14 says, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask thee to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. Transcend with the help of the Lord. We are not to be worldly minded. We are to be spiritual minded at all times. Matthew chapter 13. We are not to seek a home on earth, but rather a home in heaven. Here's what we know. When it comes to salvation, the world brings trouble. Matthew 13 and verse 22. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Matthew 16. In other words, what God is saying is that if we live according to the world, we're not going to bear the fruit that God wants us to bear. Matthew 16 in verse 26. There's no profit in the world. For what would a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's a question that God asks of each of us. John chapter 12. John 12 and verse 25. This world is coming to an end. The Bible says, He who loves life or his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to eternal Life. There will be this transition from this world, this life, 
to the life to come. Verse 46. I have come as a light into the world that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. And then Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. How do we accomplish the task that God has given to humanity? Beginning in verse 1. How do we do this? Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we do this? Well, brethren, we have to transcend. So God is transcendent. One might say God is a transcendent being. In the world of philosophy or uh, theology, it means to be separate and to be beyond, or separate from or beyond the material universe. Turn to Isaiah 57. Transcendent, very excellent, supreme, superior. God is transcendent. In verse 15, the Bible says, For thus says the high and exalted one, who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. Psalm 11. To be separate from. To no longer be a part of. We live in this world, but we are no longer a part of this world when we come to Christ Jesus, our Lord. The Hebrew word, hakal, listen to Hebrew, uh, Psalm 11 and verse 4. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids test the sons of men. His palace. God is transcendently separated, sitting in His Celestial palace, his place that is above the world, the universe as we know it. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We'll begin at verse 1. When God sends the message to Isaiah in this vision, the Bible says, In the year of King Isaiah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. God. God in heaven. So someone might say, well, I can understand God in heaven being transcendent. I can understand that. Being separate from. God has never been a part of this world. What about God on earth? 1 Peter chapter 2. 
Jesus set an example for us to live by. And I want you to think about what's being stated in 1 Peter chapter 2, where Jesus is explained, or we're being explained to us rather, what Jesus did, how he lived differently, how he suffered differently, uniquely from the rest. Verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. Never was there deceit found in his mouth. Never was there sin that was attributed to him. While being ridiculed and reviled, never did he pay back vengeance for vengeance. How did he do that? He lived a life that was transcendent. John 8 and verse 23, he says of himself, speaking about his life, knowing who he is and knowing where he came from, God lived a different life. Verse 23, Jesus says this. He was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. How many of us strive daily, Matthew please, chapter 4, to not be of this world? Have you ever done that? Have you ever decided in your mind that you would not be a part of this world? And then lived your life accordingly... To make the decision to be uniquely different, transformed, to rise above this world. Or do we still live in it, stuck mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in a world that can bring us no good? Matthew 4, verse 4. Jesus says, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many children of God can't even tell you what proceeds out of the mouth of God? How many people of this world cannot even express to you what the Bible says? I wonder if I'm one of those people. 
Have you ever taken the time to seriously take God's Word, commit it to your heart, live accordingly, and strive to be uniquely different from the world? Set apart, even if you will, if it means to be ridiculed, even if it means to be uniquely different from the world, to rise above the world, to say, I am not like the world. Someone said one day to me, turn to Hebrews, please, chapter 7. Hey, why don't you just be like the rest of us? I don't say that arrogantly, but what I'm saying is that kind of, in, in a way, it sent chills through my body. For one, I thought, well, it's good to be different from the rest. But at the same time, reminding me that's what the world wants. They want you to be like them. That's where I used to live, brethren. But now we live for Jesus. We're different. It should be noticeable. Hebrews 7, in verse 26. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, Separate from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Think about that lifestyle for just a moment. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus means to be holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted Above the heavens, who does not need daily like those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. Because he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appointed men as high priests who are weak. But the worthy oath which came after the law appoints a son made perfect forever. God expects His children to transcend, to rise above, to surmount, to go beyond, to excel, to be different from this world, to be yo know, in in this mind and body, to be fleshly on the earth, but our minds are in heaven. And, and you might say, but but how? We're going to talk about that here. Just. Just for a moment. I want to give you an example. Turn to Matthew 26. The POWs in concentration camps will tell you they live transcendent lives. And and, and what they mean by that is they, they first needed something. They needed a reason to live. They needed a reason to live. And that reason was was almost always my wife or children. It was family. And they wanted to get home to be with their families. Secondly, they needed a will and willpower, right? In their minds, they had to have this desire, this determination to get home to be with their families. 
And then, while their bodies physically were stuck in these concentration camps, physically, they were restrained to the camp. But emotionally, they lived at home with their family. They could see their children swinging on the swings. They, they could see because their minds were focused at home. And that's what Jesus expects his children to do. He expects you to see yourselves in heaven. For us to, though we're on this earth... To see ourselves as children of the King. To see ourselves with our God. And he says something about the flesh. In Matthew 26, in verse 41, Jesus says, Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In the Garden of Gethsemane, speaking to the disciples, he says, if you get it in your mind, if you get it in your spirit, if you get it in your heart, you can do it. The problem is, the flesh is weak. What did Paul say? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 27, but I, I buffet my body, right? It's about discipline, discipline. I buffet my body to, and I make it my slave. And he had a purpose behind that. He had a purpose of why he was doing such a thing. Lest after I preach to others, I find myself disqualified. I don't want to find myself missing heaven. I need to fight the good fight of faith. Turn to Philippians, please. Chapter 3. To transcend. On the Christian journey, we must always remember to take that high road. We're different. But so many Christians are so stuck in this world. Stuck. I mean stuck emotionally. Even spiritually. Just stuck in this world. Can't get out of it. So deeply entwined within it. So much a part of it. Someone asked me, how in the world are we going to be able to deal with this pandemic? Transcend, brethren. Transcend. Stop being stuck in this world. Focus on Jesus. Focus on heaven. Focus on our heavenly home. We're just passing through this place. We're just passing through it. But we're so stuck. And we fight and we argue and we bicker because we don't get what we want. We're so selfish. We've got to transcend. We have to be what Jesus wants us to be. We have to be different. Philippians 3 and verse 17. Brethren, Join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite 
and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Stuck. Just stuck. As if if Jesus came back today, you'd say, wait a minute, Lord, I haven't dealt with the problems of the earth yet. Transcend, brethren. Transcend. Get your mind in heaven and get it off of this earth. Get your mind on the spiritual, that which is important, and get away from the earthly thinking and wisdom. Verse 20 says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When's the last time you thought about Him? He's coming. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Listen to what he says. If then you have been raised up with Christ. That's talking about your baptism, right? Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things that are on the earth. Transcend. Matthew 16. While living on the earth, stuck in this body, live in your heart and in your mind in heaven. For that is where our citizenship is. Matthew 16 and verse 21. From that time, Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised up on the third day. And Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. You see, Peter was stuck in this world. And Jesus called him Satan. Get your mind, Peter, in heaven. What is the will of God? Not what is Peter's will. Not what is man's will. What is the will of God in heaven? Galatians, please, chapter 5. Transcend. Look at life from heaven's view. See all things through the eyes of God. Search for and seek Good things in Christ Jesus. And then he says for us to, verse 16, to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. To keep your mind on spiritual things. To keep our minds on spiritual things and not on 
fleshly things. And then you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. But it's reverse. Our minds are so focused on the flesh that we've kicked the spirit aside. You have to transcend. You have to be different. You have to live in heaven while dwelling on this earth. That's what God commands of his people. And then there's the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit in verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. To live for Jesus means that you got to find that love in your heart. That love, right? That love that has divided so many of us. This, this is such an unloving world that we live in. But as God's people, the love of God restrains us. The love of God controls us. The love of God brings peace. Where we're striving to be a peaceful people on the earth. And sometimes I know that's hard because it takes a lot of patience. Because some people are hard to love. You know that. And I know that. We're being honest about that. But God expects His people to be a loving people. A, a people that seeks after peace. Find that joy again. You know what's funny? It's, it amazes me that during this time, there's a spirit of happiness, right? Where do you get that? Where did you get that from? It's not in the Bible. We're always supposed to be joyful people. Always. All 12 months of the year. To be a joyful people living for Jesus. Kind. Kind to the world. Kind to each other. Full of goodness in our hearts. This is how we live as transcendent beings upon the earth because we're faithful to God. And when you're faithful to God, you're gentle. Got a gentle and quiet spirit, right? When we're faithful to God, we live a life that is fully controlled by God. We exercise self-control, the fruit of the Spirit is qualified by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, by God. Romans chapter 13. Find joy in producing the fruit of the Spirit. Find joy in the opportunity to bring joy into someone else's life. I have my joy full in Jesus, but they do not. Find joy and happiness in being the man of God, the woman of God that Jesus expects us to be. To put a smile on the face of God in heaven. To repent and bring joy in heaven. To rejoice. To be the people that God expects of us. To allow God to guide us through. Find joy in being a Christian. In being a child of God. Romans 13 in verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ 
and make no provisions for the flesh in regard to its lust. Zero. That takes 100% effort in being a Christian and zero of being a man of this world. This morning, I hope and pray that you will consider living a life that transcends this this earth, this earthly place. We're here for just a moment. We're here for just a little while. We're passing through. We're going home to our eternal home. You know, there are two of those. And you get to decide which one you're going to go to. This morning, if you will come by faith, if you've heard his word and you you found that there's repentance necessary in your heart. You believe his word. You're willing to repent, confess his name, to confess his name to humanity. Be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. If you're struggling in your life, you pray you'll take it to God, whatever it may be. Whatever your need might be, whatever it is that we can do for you. Please make it known. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. Contact us if you're online. And the elders will pray with you or pray for you. We'll study with you. We will do all that we can to help you to come to Christ. If you're a child of God and you're struggling, transcend, brethren. Transcend. The lesson is yours. God bless you.